Welcome to the most enchanted podcast in all the realms. I'm Lynn. I'm Elisa. And I'm Chell. Together, we are the, the Narrators, Narrators 3. And this is Once Upon a Rewatch, where all plot devices come with a price. Welcome to Once Upon a Rewatch, Season 3, Episode 16. It's not easy being green. I know, the size. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all right, dude. Buckle up. It doesn't get any better. I know. The original air date of this episode was April 6th, 2014, and it was written by Andrew Chambliss. The director of this episode was Mario Van Peebles, which is a name I could say forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is a highly regarded director, actor, producer, and writer. Mario Van Peebles' directorial skills can be seen in the retelling of the epic miniseries Roots, as well as in award-winning shows such as Empire, Sons of Anarchy, Lost, Damages, and Boss. He made his television directorial debut on Sunny Spoon, on which he was also the star alongside his father, renegade director Melvin Van Peebles. I have very, very vague memories of Sunny Spoon because it it aired when I was like only six. I have never heard of it. It was about this like streetwise private eye sunny spoon and he was um like this total master of disguise so he was mm-hmm. always like blending in and like had all these like really fun personas that he would take on i don't remember that but i did watch both melvin van people's famous film sweet sweetbacks badass film and mm-hmm. then i i watched mario van people's film about it as that was just called badass I learned all about him in film class back when I was in college. I just think they have very good names. They do have great names. Great names. Any hoodle. Back to our episode already in progress. (laughs) The title card is The Wizard's Fire Geysers. Now on with the show. We begin many years ago in Oz when a woodcutter and his wife are making their way to the Emerald City when suddenly a cyclone manifests, dropping a basket containing a baby girl. The man is hesitant because, I mean, yeah, but his (laughs) wife accepts the baby readily. While the woman remains unaware, her husband witnesses the infant use magic to move aside a falling tree. And the bad animation on the child's hand movements controlling the tree really bother me. But anytime there is weird baby CGI, I hate it. It was a choice. They... They made a choice here, having the baby, like, actually, obviously casting magic with their hands. Eh, I guess to make the man instantly nervous of her, but it was dumb, weird. Yeah, I feel like there's so many better ways they could have built this up, and instead it was just speedrun. I don't know, her father hates her because she used baby magic. (laughs) Right, and used it to save their lives. save their lives. This goddamn baby saved me from getting my skull caved in. Uh, Yeah, like the Lord like the Lord intended. (laughs) And it's just like I should have died like God meant me to. (laughs) I know, it's like (laughs) she she literally fucking saved you um also by the way you're in oz this is what always bothers me from this episode yeah you are governed by a goddamn wizard you are in a magical fucking like like further down the line magic will become outlawed except for by like natural users like people who are just naturally magic like you can't learn magic or something but that's like 
way down in Oz's timeline. And they're literally on their way to the Emerald City, a city which is run by a fucking wizard. Yeah, right. I feel like the woodcutter is like probably like this like crazy outsider in this world because his wife's just rolling with it. He's yeah. like a tinfoil conspiracy theorist. Yes. Basically. Yeah. He's got his little Unabomber shack in the backyard. <laughs> I hate this Manifestos about the wizard. I know. I, I hate this guy as well. How the wizard he secretly just... has it out for all of us, and here's why. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong, but like, I mean, well, no, he doesn't. The wizard doesn't have it out for anybody. No, he just, no, he's just a charlatan. Enough. He's just an asshole. Care enough to have it out for anyone. Well, he's not clever enough either. But I digress. But I digress. <laughs> but this unfortunately is not a show about actual Oz facts. <laughs> no. Otherwise, it would be my time to shine. The woman of the two peasants who is not weird and a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> she's very nice. I feel like she must have been a great mom to Selena until she's very she nice, died. except for one very big problem I have with her is which she's is dumb, that dumb. she names the child Selena, <laughs> which is a dumb name. Celery. <laughs> celery and celery. And celery. <laughs> she's a nice lady it's only the husband who's a piece of shit i like the name zelina zelina it just it's like it's a very aussian name that's the thing it is a very very aussian name but it also makes me think you're like a 13 year old on deviant art and you just change one (laughs) letter of a character and you're like now this is my original Original character character, zelina kyle (laughs) (laughs) my original character don't steal he's not sonic he's blonic don't steal (laughs) and all they did is like add a z and change your hair color and all their deviant art consists of is ms paint like bad cover-up jobs like Mm. bad like like click and fill click and fill yeah that's all that's what zelina always makes me think it's like my original character don't steal fair fair (laughs) anyway back in storybrook emma henry hook and the other townspeople quietly take turns shoveling dirt onto Neil's coffin. Emma steps up to shovel some dirt and she stares at her necklace. And why do I keep watching this show when it keeps senselessly killing off every boy I like? Pour one out for Graham. Pour one out for Gus Gus. Pour one out for Neil. I'm sad. Pour one out for the homies. I still say we should switch to being a Cheers podcast. (laughs) I'm really glad they had Tinkerbell in this episode though. Because in the Neverland arc, it was clear that she was buds with Balefire. So I thought it was actually really nice continuity that they had her at the funeral and at the wake. I was like, oh, they brought back Tinkerbell for this. This was actually, well, you know, broken like, clock like, is right twice a day. It was thoughtful. <laughs> it was thoughtful to have her in this episode because she and Bale were friends. So that part was nicely done. We can currently switch, switch, switch. Oh dear God! Switch, switch, switch. Switches. <laughs> they got stars upon bars. Anyway, we can currently switch to Zelina's cellar because no one likes my Doctor Seuss joke. <laughs> I like your Doctor Seuss joke. <laughs> I didn't understand it because I don't read Doctor Seuss. Okay, so there's a there's a race <laughs> called the Sneeches, and there's ones that have stars on their tum tums, and ones that don't have stars on their tum tums, uh-huh. and it's. A lesson about not being jealous of what other people have. Oh, oh very this episode. Episode. <gasps> Which is made it topical. I did. Oh, hey, you don't have to edit it. Because <laughs> it's the ones who don't have the stars on their tum-tums are like, they must have life so much better. They've got stars. And the ones that 
do have the stars or like the ones without stars must have life so much easier. And so like a charlatan rolls into town to be like, I can fix everything. It makes a contraption that gives like the ones without stars, stars are the ones that do have stars, plain tum-tums. But then it's like, okay, you change these, but you don't feel any different because you're still you. You just now have a different tum-tum. Is he like the music man, like that charlatan, you know, the monorail kind of, guy? I mean, he actually, you know, I mean, except that he actually, you know, has the ability to do something with their tum-tums. He doesn't be like, oh, I okay. totally bought instruments. But he very much knows that this isn't their, what the problem actually is and that it's not going to solve anything. But he sees a way to make, a, you know, a killing out of it yeah. by exploiting. But it's definitely a, a moral of the story is like, you don't know what the whole thing is going on with a person. So don't just be envious of them because of a superfluous thing. Because even if you get it, that's not necessarily going to fix what's actually wrong in your life. Right. Selena needed this book. Selena needed the sneeches. She needed to learn about the stars upon thars. She's like, Regina has a star upon thars, and I want that star. Regina's got a star tum-tum, and I don't have a star tum-tum. And if I did, I would do better. I want a star tum-tum. We all want a star tum-tum. Star (laughs) tum-tums are so much better. I never understood the sneeches who were like, I don't want... I don't want the star on my tummy. And I was like, but you got a star on your tummy. What the hell, man? Yeah. The Sneetches is a very longer version of the grass is always greater. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. It's 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 all just about like envying without knowing the situation and without actually being willing to work on yourself because maybe the problem is not actually that you don't have a star in your stomach. Maybe the problem's just you. <laughs> maybe the problem's just you, dude, because now you're just you with a star on your tummy and all the same problems. <laughs> just like you, Zelina. Pretty much. You got a star on your tummy now, Zelina, but you got all the same problems. That was Dr. Seuss Corner with Lynn. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Now we really do go back to Zelina's cellar. (laughs) (laughs) Where Mr. Gold mourns for his son while Zelina cruelly taunts him over his death, dagger in hand. She asks him if Balefire was worth all the trouble. Every bit of it, Mr. Gold replies. He was family, something you know nothing about because we all should taunt people with sharp objects next to us. <laughs> no. You know, he, he lost he lost his son. He's like, I know, but come on, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Many years after Zelina's adoption Oz, Zelina is shaving her father's facial hair when she accidentally cuts him. Apologetically, she conjures a wiping rag for him, though her use of magic only frightens and angers him. He furiously calls her wicked for using witchcraft, driving Zelina to tears, reasoning she can't help her magic use. Abruptly and vengefully, her adoptive father reveals she is not his biological daughter and recalls how he and his deceased wife found her as an infant. He claims to have always sensed a wickedness about Zelina, which drove him to drink. I like that it's like he sensed this. It's like not when she comically and terribly animatedly was moving trees around. You just had like an idea something might be off. Mm -hmm. Sure, pal. Tired of his abuse, Selena decides to leave home and seek help from the one person who has power in Oz, the wizard. Back in Storybook of the Present, Emma is throwing darts at Granny's as Hook tries to comfort her about Neil's death and warn her that vengeance will not heal wounds, which is like, sure. But also, Neil has been dead for all of two minutes, so maybe give her a second. Yeah, seriously. Also, we, we really do need to get control of this whole Zelina problem. This isn't like... Him yeah. going after fucking Rumpelstiltskin who, yeah, you know, he's he's making mischief and mayhem, but like, 
Selena's actively being a problem. Huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone is in danger. Everyone is in danger. Killed. Yeah. It's not just Emma like being like, oh, you know, vengeance never solved anything. It's like, okay, she's going to keep picking off people until the bitches stop. So maybe yeah. just go in the bathroom, put on some eyeliner and stop talking for a while. <laughs> which <laughs> relates to actually a very good line that I don't think we address here, which oh, is when... Yeah. Which is when he's like, I could go hang out with Henry. And she's like, and talking about what? Leather conditioner and eyeliner. <laughs> and I'm really like, good. I kind of was like, zing. it's a good thing. But I'm also like, well, you're never too young. You're never too young to learn about proper eyeliner application. Or proper care and safety. of your leather goods. As I sit here with my cowgirl boots and my shoe leather polish right next to me. And how not to get pink eye. <gasps> yes. Do not share your brushes, Henry. It'll don't lead, share your brushes. Don't share your eyeliner. To don't conjunctivitis. Listen to the pirates. Don't yeah. get pink eye. Don't get pink eye. <laughs> As I precluded to here, Hook then offers to talk to Henry and tell him stories about his father and also eyeliner. Emma is moved by the gesture, giving him her blessing and a warning to watch out for Zelina, who, yes, is a real problem, Hook. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think the sentiment of wanting to talk to Henry about his father, I thought that was actually really nice of Hook. I thought it was actually a very good idea. Henry is very isolated right now and, and knows nothing about Neil. So it was a very complicated idea because there's a lot of like wiggly timeline and magic stuff he has to get around. But a nice idea all the same. He's trying. He's trying, yeah. Because he genuinely, he loved Neil. That was his boy, even though it was complicated, you know? Like, yeah. he watched out for him for, for a while. And I'm glad they, you know, I guess, honor that relationship. I, like, he cares about him in that way. Like, I need to do right by Neil's son and let him know that Bay was a good person. I thought that was nice, actually, story beat. No, it's, nice it's like beat. the one thing that the episode gets right. Yeah, it was good. It's the, it's the broken clock. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hook doing this and like Tinkerbell being there is like the broken clock being right twice. Yeah, there's one other part I like, <laughs> but we'll get there. There's a bit there. Speaking of Tinkerbell, she enters the diner, sees Regina looking at the lion tattoo on Robin Hood, and realizes he is Regina's soulmate. Regina says she has better things to do than gossip about boys, which is also fair because there's a woman actually trying to murder all of them at this point. Yeah. yeah. But Robin comes over with a peace offering of whiskey, apologizing to Regina as he hopes he did not offend her the other day. Regina introduces the fairy and the thief and assures Robin he did not offend her, but politely refuses the drink. Once he leaves, Tinkerbell lectures Regina for not opening herself up to love and that if she did, her life wouldn't end up the way it did. Regina is offended, and Tink gives up and walks away. You know what? Fuck it. Good for you, Regina, because Tink, this is not the time or place. This is not, yeah, this is not it's the time. It's kind of fair. It's like, I know the angle you're trying to get at here, girl, but there is a time and a place, and this is not it. Awake is not it. No. Awake where everyone is in very real mortal danger, <laughs> especially, is not it. It's not it. It's not it, Tinkerbell. That ain't it, fam. Because then Zelina storms in. Because really, not the time or the place. And she's holding the Dark One's dagger. Emma tries to attack Selena, but Snow holds her back. I love that our girl just goes in for the fight, though. She's just like, let me fucking just take her. a beer <laughs> bottle and smash it against the oh, table. But how good like, oh, would that, that have been, been if so she just good. gone for Selena with a broken bottle? Oh, oh God, that would have been good. so great and so that's, on brand. God, it's that's what we deserved and didn't get. Yeah. David threatens Selena to not come any closer. And Zelina admits she is not here for their baby yet. Gross. 
but is here to pay a visit to her little sister, Regina. Everyone is surprised and confused, kind of like me watching this episode. (laughs) Selena reveals that Cora lied to Regina and that she was not her only child. This scene is so overdramatic and it's full of Dutch angles. So many Dutch angles. This whole episode, basically anytime Regina and Selena are on screen, but specifically this scene is just Dutch angles, but it's gloriously campy and I I don't hate it. I, I do find it very humorous because it's it's such a tone shift after the funeral. It's pretty wacky. Mario Van Peebles, everybody. <laughs> it's like really only missing like the Kill Bill klaxons, honestly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, how great would that have been? <laughs> That's what we deserved was Emma going for Selena with a beer bottle and some fucking klaxons. <laughs> there we fixed and then it. every time it goes into a dutch angle it just like it goes into black and white <laughs> exactly yes true art house fixed it selena demands that regina meet her on main street at sundown as she intends to destroy the evil queen regina insists she does not lose there's also this line at this point where regina says this isn't the wild west and selena says no it's the wicked west <laughs> and i think I rolled my eyes so hard. They ended up somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. I deliberately admitted that because I was just like, I had to pause. No, the people need to know, child. And do a lap around the apartment. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of the perfect ending to like this melodramatic. I mean, if they're going for camp, then I guess they did it. So campy. But it's so interesting to go to such camp after like A a funeral and the weight of Neil's death. Yeah. We it's just had a very jarring. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. And wait a day. Yeah. Before this also, nonsense. Also, stupid, wicked jokes. I'm not even going to classify them as puns. They're just bad fucking wording, wordplay. Yeah, well, because puns, as w- much as I hate them, require some level of clair- yeah. cleverness. Wicked wordplay is definitely like this season's like bingo card we're gonna have to probably make like two bingo cards like oh, yeah, one for part like, a and one for part shots. b yeah. you'll get you'll destroy your liver yeah there's too many and no it has to go on the bingo card yeah drink responsibly people <laughs> and not every time wicked is mentioned because you will go to the hospital <sighs> yeah meanwhile at the docks hook is showing henry his boat and henry jokes that his mom is always pawning him off with people who have boats hook admits to henry <laughs> that he I, honey you want to talk that's funny i didn't get the joke when we were actually watching the episode because <laughs> she just had to go on the fishing trip yeah that's so funny. he was like all right i guess i'll go okay on a that's fishing trip. Right, fucking like that weird line. but okay <laughs> mom's always just sending me off with her friends that have boats <laughs> what is she trying to tell me that i should join the navy <laughs> You know, there's a good storied career out at sea for you, child. (laughs) Hook admits to Henry that he was friends with his father, Neil, when he was a boy. Henry asks what his father was like as a child. Hook then invites him on board the ship so he can see for himself. Hook was kind of suspicious in the scene. I don't know. I I just didn't quite remember what was going on, if it was actually genuine or there's going to be like some kind of double cross. And I was waiting for it, but it didn't. It's just. It's actually just a very nice little hook, like C plot to this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think honestly, he was acting kind of shifty because he was trying to figure out how he normally could talk yeah. to Henry about his dad yeah. without being like, because there's the part where like he's like, 
oh yeah i taught your dad this when he was a, he was kid. a kid and yeah. henry's like aren't you guys the same age yeah. and like hook has this kind of like uh, 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 um yeah yes yeah we just known each other a yeah. really long time. This, oh shit! How do I explain this without it being weird? Yeah, this is definitely an instance where Hook is like, "Oh no, it is the consequences of my actions." Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. If it isn't the consequences of my own actions, <laughs> that it's again, it's the tick, it's the TikTok where uh, it's Deadpool running with uh, Captain America's shield, go, like singing his little consequence song. So, yeah, I definitely, I definitely read it less as like he's gonna double cross Henry and more of him just being like, "Oh God, there is no way for me to be normal right now." How do I? I did not. I did not plan for questions. (laughs) Everything's weird now. I'm hyper aware of how weird I am. Oh my God, my hands. Why are my hands so weird? (laughs) Why is my hand weird? (laughs) Why am I so sweaty? How do I lose my hand? (laughs) This child doesn't think I'm cool. He's he gonna make not. fun of me. <laughs> he, just like he made fun of my outfit. <laughs> he doesn't think that my leather jacket and my eyeliner are cool, and kids usually immediately like that. Uh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back at Granny's, everyone is trying to figure out why Zelina wants to kill Regina. <laughs> Fair. They all argue, disagreeing with each other, when Regina leaves to try to find out what Zelina thinks Regina did to her. I like that everyone in this scene is just like, well, you must have pissed her off, right? I mean, she's you like, piss I, a lot of people off. Yeah. You piss a lot of people off. She's like, like, I, I legit have no fucking time. clue who she is. She's like, I mean, sure, but I don't remember this one. Yeah, and they're like, well, you must have did something to her in in that in the year we can't remember. Yeah, Regina, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, sure you did. You make everyone mad. She's like, come on, guys. That's how we're like, cool. All right, this is not constructive. Yeah, but come on. <laughs> I'm gonna go actually do something about it, you bunch of fucking donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> we return to Oz in the wizard's audience room. Oz knows Zelina came because she wants to find her family. Oz offers to help, but tells her that it won't be easy. He shows Zelina that Cora left her and she was brought there by a cyclone. Zelina asks why Cora abandoned her, and Oz tells her that it was because she couldn't give Cora the one thing she wanted to become royalty. He then shows Zelina that Regina is her sister and that she was able to give Cora what she wanted. Regina is a queen and being trained by Rumpelstiltskin to do magic. Zelina becomes envious that Rumpelstiltskin should be teaching her magic and not Regina. Oz grants her the use of legendary silver slippers, which, like, okay, but I want those shoes. Props for the silver slippers, as they are OG, not ruby. Fun fact, they were made ruby to show off the new technology known as Technicolor. Mm -hmm. And the original slippers represented the silver currency. Mm, Maybe? The allegory for the gold standard is still hotly debated. It can definitely be interpreted as such, but it's not definitive. We don't really know. Just we do know about the Technicolor, though. We do, we do know, know about, about the Technicolor, one hundred percent. That is one of the only things uh, that MGM actually has uh, IP protection for when it comes to Oz stuff. And I saw them in a museum. Me too. The Smithsonian. Yeah, when they did the traveling one when we were kids. No, I I, I saw it in DC. They had a traveling exhibit when I was like eight that came to los angeles and one of the things they had was one of the pairs of judy garland's ruby slippers That's and awesome. it was like the only thing i cared about <laughs> because i fucking 
love Judy Garland. I mean, who doesn't? Jesus. Yeah. Right? Hollywood. Judy Assholes. Judy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on or I'm going to get better. <laughs> All right. Justice for Judy Garland. Moving on. He instructs Selena on how to use the slippers, but demands she bring something back that belongs to Rumpelstiltskin. Selena clicks her heels three times and appears in Regina's castle. She enviously rubbishes through her half-sister's belongings and discovers the crystal Regina was trying to conjure. She performs the trick herself just as Rumpelstiltskin appears, thinking Regina finally mastered her task, but finds Zelina instead. Zelina reveals she is Cora's firstborn, but a suspicious and angered Rumpelstiltskin is not satisfied until he plucks a strand of her hair and performs his own magical test, confirming her statement. Honestly, I just spent this whole scene distracted by how badly they did Rumpel's makeup. It's basically gone on his nose. It was jarring. This scene is how I know Zelina was never part of the long haul plan. Had they even thought of her in The Miller's Daughter, Cora would not have needed to finesse the wording and trickery of the contract she had originally with Rumpelstiltskin. Very true. Yeah, she could have just given her Zelina. Yeah. Yeah, she already had a firstborn. She could have just take, take the spare. Yeah. Exactly. I already got one just laying around. Here you go. Yeah. I'm not using it. Yeah. So this is why I I feel, well, I have many reasons why I feel this is like the dumbest family familial twist. Yeah. She did not need to be Cora's daughter. Mm-mm. They they could have done Selena. They didn't, need, they didn't need to be related. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of the big axes I have to grind with this show period is that like, it feels the need to essentially do the seven degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon, except yeah. it's everyone is either related to Rumpelstiltskin or Regina somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they they could have done the Rumpelstiltskin jealousy plot. She could have just been Rumpelstiltskin's other pupil. And she was very jealous of Regina as being the favorited one. Like, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, all you that's need. all that needed that's to happen. all that needed to happen. Like, you don't need to be related to be like, why does that person get everything I want? Exactly. Right. It's it's fine. But I digress. Back in Storybrooke, Regina and Snow are looking through Cora's belongings stored within the Queen's Vault to find any clues that confirms Alina's claim. Just as Emma shows up to let them know Main Street is being locked down in case a witch duel actually occurs, Regina discovers a letter confirming that Selena is her sister. Upset, because who wouldn't be, Regina storms off to prepare for her fight with the Wicked Witch. Meanwhile, up on Main Street, Tinkerbell, the Charming Swans, and Belle gather to figure out how to help Regina, or rather, how to level the battlefield by removing the Dark One's dagger from Selena's possession. Belle believes she can get through to Rumpel without the use of the dagger. In this scene, I loved Emma's line so much that was like, Regina's going to get help whether she likes it or not. I'm such a fan of Emma's just like, fuck you, Regina, we care about you attitude. Regina is hot when she is stubborn and Emma is even hotter when she is determined to protect someone she cares about. It's a win-win situation for literally everyone, especially us. (laughs) Especially if they kiss. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, Regina is in the woods looking over the letter she found when Robin Hood appears from behind a tree. He had been patrolling the woods. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that is literally what happens, but it's like, and I had that no is what better. Happens. I know. And it's, there's no better way of writing it. It's just like factual, but it's just like this motherfucker is always just popping up behind fucking shrubs, uh-huh. shrubbery and trees. I mean, he's downright lurky in this scene. Like, yeah. she's just like, she's having her like, God what the hell am I going to even do a moment? And he's just all like, 
hey hey there little lady couldn't help but notice you over here <laughs> and it's like sir sir you need to dial it back you're at a 15 and i need a six at most <laughs> anyway he had been patrolling the woods for flying monkeys but stops to sit with the queen robin hood steals a letter out of her pocket because that's always fucking charming and asks if he can read the letter regina doesn't stop him the letter was written by rumpelstiltskin to cora letting her know that he has found her firstborn and that she is the most powerful sorceress he has met, more powerful than Cora herself. With tears in her eyes, Regina admits to Robin that she has seen the letter a million times before and found comfort in it, but only now she realizes the letter wasn't about her, it was about Zelina. If Rumpelstiltskin, the man who taught her everything she knows about magic, thinks Zelina is stronger than her, Regina does not believe she can win the fight with Zelina. Okay, so I'm pretty lukewarm on this episode, but... I really love both the writing and the performances in this scene. It's the first thing that really felt like it's had weight in this core Zelina Regina arc. Like having this letter that Regina like always thought about that was like this, I guess, security blanket for her, right? About how she was more than her mother. And then having her realize it was never, ever about her. It's really well done. And I wish the episode had more of this. And by this, I mean, you know, Regina's mother trauma. Like, this is, this is interesting. This is good. This makes sense for what's happening here. Like, this, this was thoughtful of Regina's character arc and sad. I thought this was a wonderful scene. Big same. I think more of the season touches on this, maybe, like of Regina's mom trauma. Also, Lana's performance in this scene was just stellar. Like, I was keen to ensure our listeners knew that she had literal tears in her eyes. Like, she's so good. Also, though, not to do a little subject change, but not to harp on my anti-Zelina campaign, but (laughs) how the fuck does Zelina have magic in the first place? Like, it makes sense that Regina would because, you know, Cora was fucking with magic, literally. Um, Um, Um... you know, before she was born. So that makes sense. But like for Zelina to be as, you know, quote unquote powerful as she is inherently, it's like, (sighs) okay. I The tornado gave it to her. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. And I have- She got yeeted into a tornado and the tornado imbued her with magical abilities. Yeah. And I think in order to use magic, there has to be like, you know, a spark of magic in any person. That's been my assumption for the once upon a time world. So I think like Cora innately had that ability in her that just needed to be unlocked. That maybe Zelina mm. also had that. I still I still stand by my statement. She shouldn't be this fucking powerful in Harry. Tornado. Tornado. I guess. Stupid. It's a magical tornado full mm. of pixie dust. <laughs> Some pixie farts. Yeah. All right. That's, what, that's where tornadoes come from, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, oh, of course. That makes sense. Every time a pixie farts, a tornado is created. <laughs> that's why the Midwest hates fairies. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. I know things. I have great and terrible knowledge. <laughs> yes, you do, man. This is what this is all that college learning you did. Mm-hmm.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Chell, and I've been leaving my window open since I was 11 years old in the hopes I would be given the dark gift. You can find me blasting the bodacious soundtrack to The Lost Boys and laughing at memes taking a bite out of the Vampire Chronicles. I'm Tori, and I've been hoping to run into a vampire since I was 12. But like, one I can befriend, not one who will kill me. You can find me reading almost any book with a vampire in it and being angry about the final seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Vampires have ruined our lives. That's why we're making a podcast about it. Our podcast discusses vampire books, movies, TV shows, tropes, folklore, and more. If it's about the fanged undead, we want to talk about it. So tune in to Vampires Ruin My Life, available wherever you find podcasts. Back in the past, Rumpel tells Zelina that he had been training Regina to cast a curse of his making because a vision prophesied that Cora's daughter would be the one to cast it. Now he believes Zelina was meant to be the spellcaster, not Regina. During their first lesson, Zelina is blindfolded and tasked to find Rumpel as he teleports around the woods. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But so is a lot of this episode and we gotta keep going. He explains to her to channel her magic through her emotions, to seize her anger, and use it. Selena finds him successfully. Rumpel then tasks her to think of a happy memory from which to channel magic. Selena asks Rumpel to give her an example, and he reveals that it is the meat pie that the spinsters who took him in after he became orphaned made for him that he ate and felt happy enough to forget the pain he had from his father's abandonment of him. Selena finds her moment of happiness, the moment that Rumpelstiltskin agreed to train her. Awkward. Yeah, this whole scene's awkward, but, you know, huh, 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 what are you gonna do? This fool is just happy, that, like, you know, he's like, oh, I, I have a, I have a, an heir and a spare <laughs> for, for this plan. This is great. <sighs> oh, he's you just, stupid bastard. And he's just so <laughs> fucking oblivious. He's just like, yeah, I'm so happy. And she's whoop, just whoop, like, whoop, surely my comeuppance will never come. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Back in the story, Brook of the Present, Belle, Emma, David, Tinkerbell, and Snow find Rumple in the cellar in Zelina's barn. Belle goes into the cellar alone and attempt to reach out to Rumple Stiltskin, and poor Belle almost eats shit going down the stairs. Please, costumers of Once Upon a Time, let this woman wear flats, Jesus fucking Christ. Every time she's in heels, she is taking her life into her own hands. Rumple, oblivious to her plight, urges her to leave because he's afraid of what Selena will do to her. Belle reaches her hand inside the cage, pleading with him to take it. He stands and nearly comes out of the cage, but yells at her to run. Selena has appeared, holding the dagger as she taunts them. Rumpel chases Belle out of the bomb shelter and threatens the hero to, to stay out of Selena's way of destroying Regina or they will all be killed. And I don't know why that sentence was really funny to me, but it was. <laughs> 
This whole scene was uncomfortable and then turned very zany. Really it got very vaudeville. <laughs> yeah. Like the way the last part of it shot, like where he just like dun, 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 like comes out of the cellar <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I got a warning for you. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> the fuck is this episode? <laughs> it's so melodramatic. Like, like the director was just like, we are leaning into this. The we tone is so the weird. The tone is the Tony goes from psychosexual to like, yeah, zany. The tone is so all over the place in this episode that I get fucking whiplash. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I don't think Zelina actually appeared. I think she's was there the whole time, but I just, just hanging out in the corner and no one noticed her until she like made a noise. Yeah. It was just like, it was just like, Hey fuckers. I've been here for 50 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I don't kiss with tongues. <laughs> I bet you are. Basically, <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Man, I hate it here. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a Cheers podcast. <laughs> Damn it! No, <laughs> people just drink instead of dealing with their problems on Cheers. <laughs> <sighs> that night at the beach, Hook is showing Henry how to use the sextant that he showed Balefire. Like a GPS, Henry asks. <laughs> Hook hesitates, unsure what this means, but says, I. <laughs> this little moment was very funny. Just Hook's pause right before the I. It was mm-hmm. such a good moment. It was a very good moment. He's so out of his depth, this I poor know. man. <laughs> I. <laughs> this poor idiot. He's just doing his best. <laughs> he, he really needs, I think someone needs to like supercut muppets treasure island and put killian like in it yes please (laughs) he honestly would not be out of place no no henry tries to glean more information from hook about his father but the pirate inadvertently reveals that neil was a young boy when he taught the lad to use a sextant this confuses henry who only wants to know the truth about his father hook tells henry that he taught neil to sail because he had just lost his father as well Killian assures Henry that he has more in common with his father than Henry realizes. So I'm watching this scene and a realization comes to me is that memory modified Henry is very looped into pop culture. He just went to like normal school for a year. Mm -hmm. And this is 2014, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like he keeps hearing other people call Neil Bay, which is (laughs) just trending at that time. And is probably thinking, how many of my mom's friends dated my father? <laughs> it was his street name, Bay of the Backstreet. <laughs> Poor Henry's just assuming his dad was the town bicycle. <laughs> 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 He's just like, oh no. <laughs> you too? <laughs> God damn it, how many of you are there? <laughs> Back at the farmhouse, Zelina prepares for battle with a wardrobe change and another fucking pilgrim hat. Happy Thanksgiving, <laughs> ass clowns. <laughs> it's timely. <laughs> I am a turkey. Eat me. <laughs> Dage mom Zelina is back to give you the Thanksgiving production you never wanted or needed. <laughs> Yeehaw. We return to the enchanted forest of the past. Some time has gone by. Zelina is likely living at the Dark Castle and is a bit more glammed up. 
I think she's wearing one of Regina's dresses, but I can't say that for certain. I think so too. Yeah, I, I think, think so. it's I think it's the one red velvet dress that I had a big freaking issue with. Yes. That I was like, she looks like she's in an 80s music video. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's what Selena's wearing right here. And I'm like, bitch, stop taking other people's clothes that don't belong <laughs> to you. <laughs> Get your own clothes. You have magic. Yeah, she keeps like zapping into Regina's bedroom and just stealing her like is regina clothes. not like where do my clothes keep going but not no. her perfume because apparently zelina hated regina yeah perfume. she did she did make stank face when she sniffed regina's perfume so she was not into that but apparently her clothes are all fair game and I, I, i'm just back to regina do you notice that your shit just keeps going missing no because i think she pops them back maybe regina's just going snow white why would snow white do <laughs> why would snow white keep stealing my clothes what is she even doing with them that's not even her color. She wouldn't even think anyone else. It had to have been Snow White who stole Anything goes wrong in Regina's life. And she's like, why has Snow White done this? <laughs> Snow White's like, I'm just over here eating salad. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Selena has prepared a feast for Rumpelstiltskin with a meat pie as the main course. Rumpel brushes her off, telling her he cannot stay as he has a lesson with Regina to uphold. Selena is outraged that Rumpel never stopped training her half-sister. The witch breaks down in a temper tantrum, declaring that Rumpel does not need Regina any longer, as she will cast his curse. Rumpel reminds Selena of what her father used to say, no matter what you feel on the inside, you have to put on a good face. Rumpel warns Selena that her insides are starting to show as Selena's skin begins to turn green with envy. Future Elisa, please put the sound clip of Jan Brady going, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Because that is Zelina right now. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Zelina is so high strung. Like she is a piano wire about to snap. And then she does. And then she does. (laughs) And then she does. And then she does. We're about to see that. Back in Storybrooke, everyone stupidly decided to gather on Main Street, despite the Charmies trying to get them out of the danger zone. It's actually pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, go home. And they're like, we want to see and the action. They're, they're trying so hard. And everyone's just like, but I want to see. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. Get out of here. Selena shows up with Rumpelstiltskin in tow. Regina is initially nowhere to be found, but shows up just as Selena begins to unleash the dark one on Emma. Regina is all, that's my wife. It's also this really good part in this scene where one of the dwarves, and I do not remember which one. I'm very sorry. I think sorry. it's Clark. Yeah, someone gets thrown into his car and he's just like, my Miata. Miata! <laughs> <laughs> just in the most like, maw voice. And it very, was very, my cabbages. Like, it, it was, it was exactly my, my cabbages. cabbages. <laughs> it just was my Miata instead of my cabbages, but that was that 900% was really what really good. <laughs> Regina demands to know what she ever did to Zelina. Zelina says her mistake was that she was born, in which Regina replies by slapping her. There. You could say she was witch slapped. Eh? Eh? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Back in the enchanted forest of the past, <laughs> zooming right past that, Zelina sneaks into Regina's private chambers as the queen sits at her vanity unaware. With a straight razor in her hand, Zelina lunges at Regina, grabbing hold of her to tell her she does not deserve Rumpelstiltskin or any aspect of her life. Girl, what, what, what are you doing? Look at your life. Look at your choices. Girl, I am so embarrassed for you. It's not great. No. When she stabs Regina, a cloud of green smoke reveals the queen to be Rumpelstiltskin. 
He casually removes the razor and informs Zelina that this was a test she has failed. Zelina protests that she was just trying to prove she is more powerful and worthy to cast the Dark One's curse. However, Rumpel informs her that she just disqualified herself. He explains that in order to cast the spell, she would have to give up the thing she loves most, which is him, and that makes Selena too dangerous. This is the dumbest production of Sweeney Todd I've ever watched. (laughs) I do love their little exchange wherein she tries to deny it, and he's all, look, I'm insane, not blind. It's cool. I have that effect on the ladies. It's like, Mm, sure jan (laughs) (laughs) stop it sit down (laughs) i understand that you're trying to diffuse the situation with humor but you are so much you are you're making making it it so much worse worse. like bail out selena's skin becomes even greener as she demands to know what it is that regina can do that she cannot i was half expecting rumple to go regina doesn't actually give two shits about me so that makes her a winner in my eyes because it's it's easy to deal with. Yeah, really. He's like, I enjoy the contempt. It's fun. <laughs> it I keeps fun. me young. It's like a good moisturizer. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I soak it up. I soak up all her wrath. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> it's like your unabashed adoration of me is very uncomfortable. It's exhausting. <laughs> I don't know. I aged 10 years every time I talk to you. I, I don't love this. <laughs> I can't cope with this. He's like, I I have never asked to be loved and adored. Thank you very much. And I don't care for it. I I do not care for it. Gross. I am out. It's like, even his future lady will actually have to come around to him. (laughs) Yeah. And even then, she's like, I like you. And he goes gross initially. So it's kind of a thing. (laughs) Rumpel reveals his need to get to a land without magic. Selena remembers that she has the silver slippers that Oz gave her that can take him wherever he wants to go. When Rumpel changes his tune since he wants use of the slippers, she tells him it is too late since he already chose Regina. The only way he'll get the slippers is by killing her. Rumpelstiltskin lunges at her, but Selena teleports away and promises she will see him again and he had better choose her. She then clicks the heel of the slippers and disappears. This was so lazy <laughs> because all he had to do was tell her in the first place what the goal was. I need to get to this place. And none of this would be necessary. Also, why the hell wouldn't Zelina tell him about the slippers in the first place? Like, it's a cool bit of magic and she got to see the fucking wizard, the most powerful man in Oz at the time. Like, she's clearly obsessed with Rumpel. She, I'm sure, just emotionally vomited all over him because he knew even down to, like, that shitty little saying that her dad would always say, which is, basically a crappier version of conceal don't feel so how is it that she kept this slippers secret from him you know what i mean it's like oh i came here from oz oh really how did you get here you know oh well these cool magic slippers ah let me try them or can you go anywhere with those you know what i mean like i'm just i mean maybe she did tell him and he just did not pay attention yeah he would have just not been listening because like rumple not sharing about the curse and he didn't go to the land that checks out he doesn't share that type of stuff right but yeah i think it's only cora that knew she might have totally dumped on him and he just was like yeah yeah good good sure sure fine fine all right maybe maybe this doesn't interest me why are you still talking yeah, yeah, no, that's that's honestly legit. probably okay, cool. What does that have to do with that me? Nothing. So right. I stopped listening to you. <laughs> I do remember in season 
one or two, we do see that he does try and obtain them. Yes. Uh, um, it's in the doctor, I want to say, season two. Um, because that's what I, he wants Jefferson to get for him. He wants Jefferson, but I think at the time they wrote Ruby Slippers. Or did they just say slippers? I just said slippers because ruby slippers are in fact uh, copyrighted. copyrighted. Yeah, you're right. It was longer than a week ago, so I don't remember. <laughs> so yeah, he definitely does have Jefferson go after them, but I'm sure by then Dorothy and all that happened. So who knows? But yeah, I still stand by that. There's just laziness all around. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a lot of gaps in... Gaps, there you go. Zelina's story here. Mm-hmm that I don't necessarily think it adequately filled in this season. I, I don't know if this gets filled in six or seven because um, I haven't seen them. I, I haven't seen the end of five and I know there's more Zelina stuff towards the end of five. Um, yeah. I feel like there should have been an episode about Zelina's childhood and then an episode about her apprenticeship. I think this was too much, too quick. They're fairly guilty of this whole season. Yeah might be the curse of the b plot for season that was the problem at the end of season two as well with greg and tamara mm-hmm. too much too quick while also not being enough you know yeah it's like a turducken <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry do you guys know what a turducken is oh no i do and if okay. i didn't i would have looked it up after emma mentioned it oh that's right uh, you're not quoting emma right now no <laughs> because, <laughs> because there's the part where they have yeah, where they where they're like we're eating chimera. chimera. She's like, is this turducken? It's, is this like oh, it's like turducken? Oh. Literally, like right, the same right. uh, like effect that you just said it right. Now. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. We return to Storybrook, where an, an extra bratty Zelina tells Regina that Rumpelstiltskin should have chosen her, and Regina realizes that she's jealous of her. And here, I was expecting Regina to say, "I don't give a flying fart about Rumpelstiltskin. He's so not my type." You girl, he's our almost dad. <laughs> he was literally the second father who was just as demanding and horrible as mom because they were OTP. They were made for fucking each other. <laughs> like they were made for each other. They're just two greedy, self-absorbed magic users <laughs> obsessed with their own goals. The fight starts, but Selena is more powerful. Zelina wants Regina's heart, and when she digs her hand in to try and take it, there is no heart because Regina remembered what her mother taught her, never to bring her heart to a fight. Something she would know if Cora didn't abandon her. Zing. (laughs) Zelina threatens she will take everything Regina ever had, in which Regina replies, not today. Is it just me, or is Regina really hot in this episode? Regina is so hot in this episode. It is not just you. Good, because dang. Also, her her um, little red gloves in the scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Super cute. Cora's advice to Regina reminds me of your mom's advice to you. Take your hoops out if you're going to get in a fight. (laughs) Good job, Mama Karen. You raised your girl right. Because otherwise you're going to get your earlobes ripped. Mm -hmm. Emma, David, and Snow show up in the clock tower where Regina had been thrown. Regina reveals to them that Zelina wants her heart david's courage and gold's brain and that they are ingredients for something as yet known i'm gonna pretend that emma princess carried regina back down the clock tower oh that's a nice mental image she definitely could she's got the guns mm-hmm. and regina was just thrown like oh yeah two she stories didn't walk up in nowhere window <laughs> oh she was very much yeeted yeah 
A short while later, Regina runs through the forest to find Robin Hood guarding her heart. Selena's words about Regina not always appreciating her life finally sinks in, and she asks Robin Hood to hold onto her heart for a bit longer. Robin wonders why she would trust something so valuable to a thief, but Regina counters that one cannot steal what has been given. Robin Hood tells Regina she still owes him a drink. Meanwhile, Killian returns Henry to his mother and tells Emma that she needs to tell Henry about Neil. As Zelina locks Rumpel back in the cell, he taunts her and tells her that whatever curse she is trying to cast won't change anything. And if he had to do it all over again, he would still choose Regina. Zelina is not so sure as she reveals she is not casting a spell, but a second chance. Back in the Oz of the Past, Selina goes to see the wizard, demanding that he bring her back to the past, to the moment where her mother abandoned her. He laughs at her folly, revealing that it is impossible, as even his powers have limits. Selina rips off his curtain to reveal that Oz is really Walsh, a circus huckster with no real magic. Ugh, this asshole. I fucking hate the wizard in every goddamn iteration of Oz. Also, Walsh, buddy, why the hell are you in your bathrobe? Um, I believe it is a dressing gown. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the not at all magical and totally useless wizard collects things that can do magic to carry on his charade, which is why the silver slippers work. He tells her no magic is strong enough to do what she wants. Zelina finds him to be of no further use and changes him into a subservient flying monkey with way sharper teeth than she really needed to. Why did she make him so scary looking? Ah, uh, no, but but Walsh, that's a uh, that's rough, buddy. It's true. I don't think anyone really has done anything ever really to deserve being turned into a flying monkey. Like, fuck, man. Selena opens a spyglass on the floor and sees Rumpel praising Regina as the best student he has ever had. Selena vows to take it away as her skin turns completely green and this episode is finally fucking over. <laughs> Firstly, I take great offense to the name of this episode. Do not lump Zelina in the same category as our good boy Kermit the Frog and his masterpiece about self-acceptance. It's a beautiful song and it does not deserve to be tarnished. Zelina's creepy obsession with Rumpelstiltskin, her mother's former lover, is just so gross and it never fails to bug me. Especially that gross deleted scene that we saw where she flat out says sooner or later, I'm not going to need to use this, like meaning the dagger, because you're going to want this. It's like, yeah, pork indeed. Like, look, we all have our kinks, right? But some stuff should just stay in a fic and not be, you know, on a Disney show. It's also very upsetting because the woodcutter has the same haircut as Rumpelstiltskin, which makes the shaving scene... And the parallel there, just extra creepy. We got big electra hours here in Once Upon a Time, I guess. I was really half expecting Regina to just go, ew, when Rosalina started talking about Rumpelstiltskin in the climax of this episode. I wish. I mean, her face definitely read, ew. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't don't hate this episode, but it's, it's really, it's not one of my favorites. And I just don't think it was the right, story placement for this episode for this to go right after neil's death Mm -hmm. i think there were a few moments of strong writing specifically the scene with regina robin and the truth about rumple's letter to cora that was fantastic 
But that was juxtaposed with these wildly over the top of melodramas and Dutch angles. And it's just very campy. And it's just, it's not what I wanted. And I don't think that's what us as viewers needed after the last episode. No. I, yeah, I... I just, I, I think I wanted this episode to be more focused on things like Emma and Henry and dealing with the aftermath of losing Neil. I think there was so much more story to be told there and mm -hmm. it wasn't. Before we, we recorded, Chell shared with us uh, another deleted scene between Emma and Henry that would have taken place at the end of the episode where Emma does begin to tell Henry the real story of how she met Neil and shows him the swan necklace. And it had a lot of heart and it brought a very grounded element to this episode that Emma so often does to Once Upon a Time. She's our grounding agent, right? She's our slice of reality. And that scene was cut. It didn't make it in, which sucks because this episode needed more moments like that. I completely agree. I mean, I think we've established how much I love Zelina. And this episode had far too much Zelina in it. <laughs> like, I wish she was more zany and snidely whiplash, because I think that's hilarious. And less Greek psychosexual tragedy wannabe sex kitten. Like, this show sure does love a woman who enslaves men against their will. And I feel like I am learning way more about the Kitsowitz's archive of our own saved tags than I ever cared to like ugh. think like there's a certain pattern in this show that tells me way more about the showrunners than anyone ever needs to know you know it's kind of like once you know about the quentin tarantino foot fetish you can't unsee it or unlearn it you know and then you see it and everything and you're like fuck so it's it's stuff like that and I'm just like, your kink is not my kink and that's okay, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a it's a kid's show, fellas. Come on now. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is a family drama. Yeah. Ma'am, this is an Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some costumes. Zelina's cheap-ass emerald necklace looked really awful and plasticky, like it belongs in, a, in the Pretty Pretty Princess board game. Do y'all remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just... kill at that game. <laughs> I, pretty, I'm... pretty princess champion over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that does not surprise me. Oh, that surprises Also, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if you also shanked your fellow competitors. <laughs> Only if they want to take pink. Right. However, I do like her green leather gloves and her sparkly crop jacket. And especially, I really like the Crescent Moon bustier. Like she does get to wear some fun shit sometimes. Just not mm. the hat. No, which is sad because she has like this lovely, natural, curly red hair. And I'm like, that that's some hair that like deserves a good jaunty hat. Oh, her hair is beautiful. I think they finally did a good updo with her in this episode. Mm -hmm. The wizard battle updo like had the right showing off of her volume. Like it's a little bigger, a little bolder that I thought looked nice. Yeah. I also love Belle's deep purple coat and her matching purple leather gloves. She wears them against a houndstooth print top and a black and white skirt. And I just, I really love it. I love the whole look. I also really loved Zelina's green gloves uh, versus Regina's red gloves in their battle costumes. I thought that was fun. It was a fun little visual. I also really did like Zelina's deep green peasant dress mm -hmm. from earlier in the episode. 
I thought the cut was really nice. It was it was it was very pretty. The makeup work was so bad in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was not for it. Rumple's makeup was bad. Zelina's green CGI whatever at the end yeah, was, was also she was bad. Again. It was bad. The outfit they thought was appropriate to put Regina in for the funeral was mind blowing to me. Because I know when I think funeral, I think jackets that look like I skinned Cookie Monster. <laughs> or a little purple, like, rough. She had this oh, jacket yeah. with this enormous blue faux fur collar. Yeah. yeah, it was like a stole. It was like, what? Yeah. It did what? look like, like Cookie Monster's carcass. It did. And it was, killed it was Cookie Monster and then paraded <laughs> him around is what it looked like. It was, it was, it was a separate piece from the coat because yeah. her coat like dipped down in a V, but the fur collar was, was like a round circle. Well, it sucked. <laughs> and it was oh. not appropriate to wear to a see, funeral. No dead see. Muppets at a like, funeral. She still looked beautiful because she's Lana. She's but it was Lana. You could put yeah. her in a fucking burlap sack and she will still look stunning. But my God, no dead Muppets at a funeral. No, no dead Muppets in general. No dead Muppets, period. You're already killing poor Kermit's beautiful song with this. You got to bring one of his friend's carcasses to the funeral also. (laughs) Just a parade. You're just making it worse. Now you're just being insulting. (laughs) I did like Belle's coat she wears to go into the cellar, though. It was very cute and I wanted it. It was very cute. Was that the purple one? She had a blue one she wore, unless we have widely varying televisions. We might. Well, if it was purple, I'd still like it. Yeah. It might be the same coat. She might wear two coats in this episode. She might. I don't know. I kind of started to just see red after a while because <laughs> I was getting really annoyed at how ridiculous what I was watching was. <laughs> It just wasn't the right episode. To it felt follow, tone deaf after last episode. The last yeah. episode. It just wasn't right. It was like, not time for it. No, after after the gravity of last of the last episode, this felt very tone deaf. Well, we're almost at the very bitter end. So let's play Who's That Guest Star? In season three, episode 16, we have Adrian Hugh as Woodcutter. Born in Toronto, Adrian Hugh has enjoyed a very successful career in film, theater, and television. Listeners may recognize Hugh from his roles in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, The Killing, Assassin's Creed, X-Men, the animated series, Riverdale, and Supernatural. Maria Marlowe as the woodcutter's wife. Maria has a similar list of credits to her name with roles also in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Riverdale, The Killing, and Supernatural. Christopher Gorham as the wizard, aka Walsh. Christopher was born in Fresno, so I have a modicum of sympathy for him and applaud him for getting the hell out. And yes, I look forward to your letters, Bulldogs, but I was born there and it's literally a pit stain. Anyway, you might know this actor from his roles in Party of Five, Popular, Felicity, Ugly Betty, The Magicians, and The Lincoln Lawyer. And Harper's Island. And Harper's Island. Thank you. All right, it's time for Once Upon a Timeline. Going through that green tornado. I got magic now, just like Zelina, apparently. All right. From fairy farts. <laughs> From fairy, fairy farts. farts. So once upon a time, finally threw me a challenge again. So the first flashback scene uh, we see here shows uh, Zelina as a baby, which would go after season one, episode five, that still small voice. And before season two, episode 16, the Millard's daughter. As those are the two we've seen so far that most closely bookend baby Zelina but we'll get more gaps filled in pretty soon there 
And then the next time we see Zelina, she's a young woman with an unsettling fixation on Rumpelstiltskin and his training of a young Queen Regina. So those scenes we can assume are taking place around the same time as season two, episode two, We Are Both flashback, season two, episode 12, In the Name of the Brothers flashbacks, and then season two, episode five, The Doctor flashbacks. As those are like the three main episodes we've seen so far that have a naive, a more naive uh, Queen Regina initially being taught magic by Rumpelstiltskin. And that's it for me. On Instagram, Sintoto says, I wanted to ask this on your guys' podcast, but this wasn't once upon a time related. But what are your favorite non-canon couples from Steven Universe? And what fusions do you wish we could have seen? Ooh. So you do Steven Universe. Okay, cool. I was like, I don't know if Chell watched Steven Universe. Oh my God. I'm in the middle of a rewatch. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's fresh in my mind. Like I was literally watching it today. I'm on season three, like of my rewatch. Okay. Non-canon non-canon ships yeah that's the problem i'm having is i'm like i feel like i'm very boring when it comes to steven universe and i really i feel like the only non the only thing that never became canon i feel like i shipped it all was amethyst and peridot but it did seem like it was going there for a little bit yeah that was that was good that was mine too because it it definitely pivots and then we we definitely go peridot lapis lazuli like that's kind of where it eventually goes, but it definitely felt like we were gonna get Peridot, but like pre pre lapis coming back and like back. them yeah. starting a house together, basically. Mm. Yeah, I agree, and I, I ship that. I definitely ship that when 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 we first were getting Peridot kind of like in the game. Peridot's like my fave. I love Peridot. Yeah, <laughs> because of course you do. <laughs> well, you and Ariana can can duke it out over who who cosplays her. <laughs> That's the thing about cosplay. Everyone cosplay what they want to cosplay. Oh no, I'm just being ridiculous. It's true. Me and Ariana can be <gasps> short pants. Short and tall. tall oh my god, that would be adorable. Oh yeah, because then Ariana would be her when she has like still had like her leg extensions and arm extensions. Because mm-hmm. when she loses them, she's like, I'm short. I miss my extender. Yes. <laughs> so oh there's my god beautiful art nouveau peridot design that someone did i believe it was sunset dragon mm-hmm. because i, I know think. we talked about me and elisa talked about being a lapis and peridot yeah because those are our girls mm-hmm. our we girls gay. we're gay but yeah i mean admittedly the biggest girl of my heart's probably amethyst but but i love lapis because she's very sad she's so sad <laughs> she's and so sad i love a sad girl love me a um, sad girl so yeah i feel like that's the only non canon couple that i liked and to be fair it seemed like it was gonna be canon at the very least peridot very much seemed like she had a crush on amethyst yeah yeah is it canon that rose quartz and pearl were actually a thing i'm not i, I think always felt it pearl was, was definitely love. yeah like yeah pearl it's was canon definitely in love that pearl with loved her that she was in yes. love with her i yes. don't i don't necessarily think rose ever no i don't think so either like I, I love Rose Quartz, but I feel like Rose definitely was too selfish to notice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Rose definitely lived her life very selfishly. Yeah, yes. Which becomes very obvious when you see like the flashbacks of her as Pink Diamond. Mm-hmm. That's part kind of, of the just whole... leaving chaos in her wake. Because yeah, yeah, that's, that's the whole the story, like, right? The the follow up, the follow up to like the main Steven Universe plot is like, like Steven reconciling with like I found out that maybe my mom wasn't the best person and I have to clean up her messes. Yeah. And what do yeah. I do about that? 
I was, and I am I was a child. Just, this is serious trauma. I am a child. Why do I have to do this? I was just at the episode where he just gained his floating power, mm-hmm. and he's just like floating, drifting, and he's tr- and he just finally realizes that it's regulated by his emotions. Yeah, and he's free falling, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta think. I gotta think some happy thoughts. Oh, what do I think of?" my mom he's like no no those feelings are very complicated yeah (laughs) don't think about mom (laughs) that's the show (laughs) that's yeah um I yeah I have to say like I do wish that Lars and Sadie got together in the end I was rooting for them I mean Lars had to literally get flung into space in order to like kind of get his head out of his own ass but I I'm they're kind of like the great couple that never was yeah, you know, I see that. I I really I was very invested in. Well, I mean, so was Stephen because there's that whole episode where he's just trying to shove them together, and they're like, Stephen, sometimes people grow apart, and it's okay. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think the way it went was was okay. I think it was very interesting and and a very mature storytelling. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I just I just loved it. You know? Oh no, absolutely. No, they were but I do I do kind of appreciate the show told a like. Sometimes you don't end up with the person you think you're going to, and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or anything wrong with them. Sometimes you just go different places and it's okay. And I think that's a healthy note that shows don't usually do. Yeah. And I appreciated that it did that. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, no, no, I definitely loved Lars and Sadie. I, I was, I, I I was kind of sad that they didn't be endgame. Yeah. Because when but, they like kind of seemed like they were going to work their shit out, I was like, fantastic. And then it was like, well, now I'm a space pirate and Sadie's you know, in a band and cool and has a non-binary person that loves them. You know, you know what? Here, I'm just going to go balls to the wall. Amethyst and Vidalia. There you go. So every time a yellow tail goes out, like he's like, here, I'm going to leave my wife with her girlfriend (laughs) to keep her company. I mean, I'm not convinced that they didn't at least used to be a thing. Yeah, they definitely. Because it's like, why else do you have a whole room full of paintings of this girl? Damn it. See, yeah, I feel like everyone I like is canon-ish. So yeah, that's yeah, why I'm like, I'm kind of sense. boring with Steven Universe. I feel yeah. like all things I like are at least canon or very close to. Yeah. Same. I don't think I have any like, Rebecca oh, Sugar, my rare pair. Yeah, exactly. Rebecca Sugar is just a really excellent storyteller and i yeah. feel like she gave us everything we deserved she, she and knows, wanted yeah. she knows what the food is and she served it we didn't have to ask for something that wasn't already on the menu right and then what was the second part of that question um i believe it was about fusions give me one sec oh a fusion that we never saw oh geez i don't yeah what fusions do you wish we could have seen i understand why they didn't do it because of uh lapis's trauma with mm-hmm. with fusion but I think a, a lapis peridot would have been interesting to see. But I understand yeah. why it didn't happen because of the, the Jasper thing was so traumatic. Oh, yeah. So lapis wouldn't be keen to fuse with anyone. But mm-hmm. no, I, I agree. That would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. And that actually, I feel like could have been in that respect, a like a cathartic story beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it could have been very much a like, I since fusion is definitely a very obvious analogy for things at points. It could have definitely been a like, I was in a previous abusive relationship and me healing in my new healthier relationship. I'm mm-hmm. to a point where I can do this again. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that could have, that could have been an interesting story to be to take from that angle. Yeah. I just want to see the prettiness of it. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. It's not even really about the character so much as like, what a pretty combination, but bismuth, which I, I like the gym bismuth. 
because it's all rainbowy and stuff. Yeah. So Bismuth and Pearl. Yeah. And I mean, they had their, Bismuth had a crush on Pearl, which was mm-hmm. very sweet. And we hardly got to explore at all. Cause that was I feel like potentially the if the show had gone on just a little bit longer, we might've gotten that. I think right. so too. I think so. And I, I agree that would have, I feel like that would have been a cool fusion if we had been really pretty longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. I mean, well, we have rainbow pearl as rose quartz, right? And, and pearl. Cause Mm. she's beautiful. She's my favorite fusion. I would love to cosplay her one day. My favorite fusion is garnet. I love garnet so much. Of course. (laughs) Because garnet's the best goddamn character. Right. Of course. Thanks for asking questions. I hope we did okay. <laughs> Thank you for submitting. It was nice talking to you. Other people have questions not related to Once Upon a Time. Um, as long as it's a fandom we know, we will do our best. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if we, it, if we don't it know it, we'll <laughs> if we don't know it. it, we might not be able to give you a very good answer, but we'll try. We'll try yeah. our best. <laughs> Luckily, you're, you're talking it. to three very big Steven Universe fans. And also three people I feel like that are fairly versed in fandom. So there's a good chance that one of us will know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, thanks for submitting. And yeah, ask us questions. We love we love hearing from you guys. It makes us feel all warm and fuzzy to know that yeah. people yeah. care about our stupid opinions. <laughs> I was so touched when we had the break that was six weeks. So we did have weeks. two special episodes in it. So it was two weeks two special episodes, two weeks. I'm like, we had people reaching out and being like, when you, when you coming back, like on, on multiple platforms. Yeah. And it, just, it was very sweet. It was very sweet. I was like, oh, people like us. I'm so glad we can be part of your day because I know how comforting my podcasts that I listen to are to me. And that's cool to think that maybe I can be even a fraction of that for someone else. So, mm. All right. It's time for our rants and raves. It was Halloween. Which is the best day of the year. We went to Disneyland, me and my wife. Yeah. As Kiki and Tombo from Kiki's Delivery Service. And we looked fucking cute. We did. And then we came home and we watched Practical Magic and Halloween Baking Challenge. And then today we bopped over to Spirit for the day after Halloween sale. And I got a lot of really cute shit. So uh, the rest of the year is really just all downhill from here. (laughs) (laughs) It was Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. So um, I live in an apartment and I always have to help pass out candy at friends who have houses if I want to be part of the fun. But this year I got creative and got to enjoy the best of both worlds, handing out candy and going out to take in the atmosphere. Um, I live in a little town that has a lot of trick-or-treaters. So I borrowed a wagon from a neighbor and I gussied it up with like, we have this um, reusable... Halloween spoopy tablecloth that I just kind of covered it with. And then I taped Halloween lights all around the edge. And I put my binks that Lynn and Elisa got me from Walt Disney World, I believe. Yep. And so I put my Binks plushie and my McDonald's pails and some Halloween beanie babies in there and my plague doctor because they were all my little Halloween buddies. And then I had a big ass bucket of candy and I went out to like the main area of town and I got to hand out candy and it was fun. I was the candy wagon. It was so much fun. 
first I was like, am I a weirdo? Are people like going to be like, oh my God, don't take candy from the weirdo with the wagon, you know? (laughs) But like most everyone, well, at least everyone that like I interacted with were really receptive, like especially the parents. They were like, oh my God, this is such a clever idea. So sometimes my, my creative light bulb ideas actually pay off. And this one definitely did. So yay. My Halloween was lovely. Lynn, I already told you about it, but honestly, this last two months have been full of Halloween festivities and it was great. I'm very tired, but everything was lots of fun and totally worth it. And since everything has been so go, 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 I promised my wife that November would be full of the cozy and relaxing Halloween festivities we didn't get a chance to do because we were so busy like movie watching and baking. So I am very excited for our extended Halloween that I promised her because it's going to go through November all the way up to Thanksgiving. And I'm very much looking forward to it. The end of it will be watching Nightmare Before Christmas on Thanksgiving because it is the perfect Thanksgiving movie. Plus, we're going to go see Encanto. We are. We are. We are going to go see Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl. So that's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Next time on Once Upon a Rewatch. Ariel returns to Storybrooke and pleads with Hook to help her find Prince Eric, who never returned to the town when the new curse was invoked. Emma agrees to let Regina teach her how to use magic so that she can help defeat Selina, and Mary Margaret and David try to prove that they can be just as much fun as Hook is with Henry, who thinks they are boring. (laughs) Meanwhile, in Fairytale Land during the past year, an angry Ariel confronts Hook over her missing Prince Eric, who she assumes was kidnapped and possibly killed by the swarthy pirate. Thank you for tuning in to Once Upon a Rewatch. We are the Narrators 3. The moral of this episode is, daddy issues are not grounds for murder. Talk fairy tales with us on anchor.fm slash once upon a rewatch. Tweet us at once upon rewatch. Participate in episodic polls on Instagram at once upon rewatch. Follow us at once upon a rewatch.tumblr.com. If you enjoy Once Upon a Rewatch, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on your platform of choice. The artwork for our podcast was by Lychee Ruru. We want to say a very special thank you to the master of free music, Kevin McLeod. Our intro music is Frost Waltz, and our outro music is Fairytale Waltz. This podcast uses material from episode-specific pages on the Once Upon a Time wiki at Fandom and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License. And remember, all plot devices come with a price. Delina needed the sneeches. She needed to learn about the stars upon thars. <laughs> <laughs>